0: Alrighty everyone, welcome to today's episode of the Baby Backs Banner Podcast. I am Mike McDermott from Fan Nations Inside the Diamondbacks, along with Wes Byer.
1: Hi, how's it going today, Michael?
0: Doing great. So before we get started, you wanna announce everyone kinda of what the plans we're gonna be doing with this podcast and other th-
1: Well this podcasts. is not gonna be one want, probably gonna be the last time this podcast is not on a, like a regular schedule and we are going to be like uh moving to mondays since it's the day off it's like much easier for to get off, like it's it's easier to have that day off with the minor leagues day off too so we're gonna we're gonna be uh putting out a podcast every monday uh yeah, that way we have a chance to, like look up, you know look at the previous week's uh results see what happens we're also going to be uh, affiliating with uh, fans first sports Nate nation and the rattlesnake rumba section, which is Arizona Diamondbacks focused and uh, hopefully put out stuff a lot more regularly on like a schedules I think the goal.
0: Yeah. Definitely would like to also there might be in addition to the regular schedule thing, we might be looking at trying to get some additional content in from if possible from some of the, backs minor league affiliates. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, normal content
1: I, of neglected, I neglected to mention that. Like I. Uh, we're going to like have some other guests. Like Kevin. We're, we already have one guest lined up. But haven't picked a date yet. Um, Kevin DiDomenico with the uh, Reno Aces. Who's the voice announcer. I think I've, I've mentioned before. Like I. You know. Kind of worked it out. So he said he would do it. Don't have a date yet. Um. But hopefully we've got some more guests, more uh diverse like content, uh maybe some players on here, uh personnel, anyone who like really, you know, who's involved with the Diamondbacks farm system, you know. I
0: would say they're pretty much uh once they get to Reno, it's almost close to a... I say you'd say it's pretty close to a polish from a mental standpoint. What you see there is probably yeah. what you're gonna get.
1: I mean it's like the only thing that like really sets triple a i mean at least where like reno plays now is it's just the environment it's not necessarily even like players i mean yeah there's like there's a there's a the i there's still that like 4a kind of thing where some players you know like they just can't they can't make it the major league for whatever reason they have it's great the results triple a and yeah it is it is by far the biggest jump and i it's uh I mean, there's like you know, there, there's some big changes coming in the minor leagues. Like, there's uh, they just signed a uh, the CBA for this year. They got a pay increase. Um, I mean, like there's along with all the rule changes, and everything else. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that they just signed their collective bargaining agreement. Um, I think like within this last week, and like the pay conditions uh, are gonna really, I think, really help some of those <laughs> some of those random guys where you're like, oh, why did he why did he fall off? Well, maybe just like the pay wasn't good enough, and just things like that. Hopefully, it'll solve that problem. It's not a great pay. They, like everyone else; they could be pay better, but um, you know, maybe we'll see less less of that. My goal, you know. Yeah.
0: From a pay scale standpoint, it looks like the pay for each level is about six to seven thousand increase. So for AAA, it goes up from thirty-six thousand to forty-two thousand. Double A is thirty thousand to thirty-seven thousand high a 27 to 34 low a 26 to 33 and then rookie ball 20 to 29 that's what's being reported by mark Feinson on mlb.com that's part of the cba from the pay scale standpoint pull up the uh, evan Drellich from the athletic so the calendar obviously i think is a little bit longer the players players i think also get paid during spring training
1: Yeah, there's you know, lot. it's, I mean, it's, there's a lot to but unpack. The one thing that helps those, I uh, think, I mean, at least for the players themselves, is that the markets that they play in are not the largest. Like, Visalia is not exactly the big city, it Is like literally, the, like, it's basically like, I've been trying to like, find a way, to, you know, go see a game there, and it's really out of the way. Like, unless you're going to like Coachella, which, it's like, you know, it's right next to Coachella. If you've been to Coachella, but you know, like, it's really, um, Hillsboro is a suburb of Portland, I think. Um, yeah, just really the west of Portland. So, I mean, it's not going to help with housing there. And then, uh, Amarillo is, is Texas. So it's actually fairly affordable, but, um, it's Texas. It's so, remote. I mean, if you can take that either, take that either way and it is like kind of out of the way. I mean, Texas, anything but it's not like a huge city. Um, I don't know. I don't think the population is like comparable to Tucson. I think Tucson is probably a little larger, but I would uh, say Tucson's bigger. Yes. So you think it's bigger? Yeah. Much I bigger. I, yeah. I would say, I don't know. Like the I know a lot, of, like the further you go East, like the towns get smaller, you know, and, and, and like at least up until you get to the Mississippi, like it, it's have much less population. Like I, like I was looking at uh, Ohio's population once and all the towns that are there like don't really have that much population. So I know it like there's, you know, uh, I don't like how to explain it. Like it's more like there's, I know it's like with sprawl, these little small communities are starting to emerge into larger communities. But like that seems to be like the killed Burrows, That case is like, it used to be right outside of Portland. Now it's very close. Um, the, just through, like, you know, development.
0: The case of Emerald, well, the closest... So the closest city, uh, notable city, would be Lubbock, which is
1: okay. Yeah, that's the middle of nowhere in Texas. A
0: three miles <laughs> south, a three hours south, I think, of Amarillo. Yeah, if you wanted to compare. We're,
1: yeah, that's uh yeah, it's, yeah. Okay, I get, Yeah, they're pretty. It is pretty remote for Texas, but like, I mean, if, I would think the rent would be a little more affordable there than actually most of the other affiliates. Uh, Visalia, I have no. I they're supposed. I think they're supposed to get housing. I thought that was going to be provided for. uh, at least, like during the season, I know that. Like, if they're not like, yeah. it's like they, they're the kind of some teams kind of doing that for like complex league players and rookie league affiliates. You know, Um this is, I don't really. You just. Rent. I don't really think that. It, it seems like it'd be easier if they just bought a apartment complex and you know, there's plenty of apartment op- players in it or build them. We're you talk- know,
0: from a complex league standpoint, they're building a lot of apartments near the two hundred two one hundred one interchange. For those living in for those living in Phoenix, yeah, 202 and 101 I mean, intersect just south of Scottsdale. They're building a lot of apartments near uh Arizona State University, so that, that'd be one theoretical area. There's a spring train, there's three spring train facilities like 10 minutes away from there. I, okay, like
1: I, I haven't been up to the Phoenix area and like and like probably. Oh, no, I, I drove through, I drove through. I take that back and uh. May like actually a year ago and you're right there. like there's a lot more development i've heard that they were doing that i didn't know like how, long, how far along they are or anything i uh, yeah, i've been watching i, I yeah. seems like they've been like the off season
0: driving from chase field driving to and from chase field to the spring train complex the last couple of years yeah like, i kind of and just notice it. it's been going on for the last five or so years and then uh I remember last year, right before Amarillo started their season, there was a tweet by one of the Dynamax Minor League players that showed kind of like the housing setup they were given, I think it was Matt Tabor. I don't who I don't think is in the organization anymore, but last year showed a housing setup for some of the double A guys. So that would be an Amarillo, so that I definitely know Dynamax has certainly stepped up in that department.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the like, teams need to be forced to that. I know there's some owners that, uh, that like, were like Art Moreno, Angels. Um, this is like like, decade ago. I know it wasn't, it was like someone went from the Angels to the D backs. I don't I mean for some reason I think it's Tyler Skaggs before you – like I know I, I have no way of confirming no. it but like no. you know that's who the right play, player right now. I think it's like who's not I think I'm a picture that went the other way. But yeah, Maurice is terrible and um he's not gonna give them actually that wouldn't surprise me. I kinda I kinda stopped following baseball for five years. I've told people that before. So um, yeah, it's, f- there's it's <laughs> That he, he would actually he might be the only player that would would make sense for that um well
0: patrick he, corbin also came in that trade
1: Cor- yeah so uh the there yeah yeah he did he did um so here's here's a, a wrinkle is reno is snowing there um it's been <laughs> there's like like tons of snow and uh it's going to be very cold when they play their home opener
0: they already played their home opener no,
1: I. It I, was, they played, it the was weekend. in uh, Vegas, actually. I thought. Oh, no, they already I, played it, so it was snowing. They played Las
0: Vegas to... and Reno.
1: Did they? I thought it was the other way. Yeah, yeah you would know better than me.
0: Where else would ninety-four mile an hour uh, exit so, losses
1: leave the ballpark easily? Uh, I mean, we can get we can get we can get right into it then with Reno and uh, last week because they're the only affiliate that's. Uh, played the played big, we're still waiting on like, Amarillo's opener is Thursday Visalia's next yeah. Tuesday and Hillsboro I don't know I have not I think it's sometime between now and then
0: you can check I'm going to check their schedule easy. right now but yeah but, since we're so talking we, about the minor uh, league affiliates
1: yeah great seg right Go ahead. there um so Reno fought like had a not so great start to to put it politely it sounds like he, uh, the we- I think the weather really played a component into the into thoughts make- I, I know I did you watched the start so you could probably talk about it better than i I can at this point oh, I, I did not watch
0: it it. I didn't watch it but I definitely followed along on the uh, stat cast measurables yeah
1: yeah it was a so case where like I started of, up I
0: just- four home runs but well, they yeah. had two I think Soderstrom hit a home Home run against him too, and Slodewich just annihilating everyone that Reno's throwing at him, too. So that's yeah. I, I really pretty much anyone that's gone through Reno would be like telling Brandon Flatt be like first time. How well yeah. he pitched at the end of last year.
1: Yeah, no, I like honestly, I don't really remember a bad start from him, like like a that bad, bad of a start um, last year at all. Like I try, like I'd have to like look through the like to find. Probably, probably is one. But, but I don't even think he, he gave up like four. I don't think he gave up four home runs and a start prior to that. He didn't so, give up four runs. I think that he's.
0: Start last year.
1: Yeah. Reno. So uh, that happens to everyone in Reno and Oregon, just the, the, you know, Triple A West. It's, uh, or uh, whatever they're, they're decided, settle name on. We all know what we're talking about here. Pretty um, much everywhere,
0: but except Tacoma, which is where Reno's playing right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, who, like, were like, Talk about the. I need to pull up the roster myself so I can actually look at it.
0: If you want um, to talk about Reno's roster, obviously Slade Ciccone makes his first start in Triple A tomorrow against Tacoma.
1: Yeah. So uh, he, that that his development has been like interesting. He's got good stuff, but like it's it seems like he's been very inconsistent with uh, like just getting annihilated at times. But like that's kind of like, is it the farm system or is it is it him? Has always been like you know it's the question you have with these with these pictures. He still had.
0: At the end of the day, you look at his twenty twenty two numbers: above average run prevention, decent strikeout and walk rates from a percentile standpoint, five less than six percent walk rate in, elite, in a in an environment where walks basically inflate your ERA big time. And his home run, and he actually pitched his if you. He actually has a really good strikeout-the-walk ratio pitching in Hodgetown, which is the most hitter-friendly ballpark in the minor leagues. So there's definitely a a lot in there to break down that I think is very encouraging if you look at it.
1: Like, I think his strikeout-the-walk ratio at home was like five. I mean, look at Nelson. Uh, they didn't ask numbers in Reno last year. Uh, I really you could see the influence of the environment and like it's night and day when they're pitching in like a major, like, you know, sea level. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen to everyone. I think, I think he's, he's going to figure it out this year. I like, I've always liked Jaconi since he was like drafted. I was excited about it when he was drafted. Um, he's, he, I think he's kind of a guy uh, got, uh it's a more mental thing of figuring out with him than it is uh necessarily, like, you know, adding anything to what, like, his development, you know, like, new pitches or, like, really... I mean, he has this stuff. It's just figuring out and, like, putting it together, the mental game of it is really, I think, the, the one question I have with him.
0: Yeah, I think... Yeah, for the most part, I think his arsenal's evolved a little bit. I think it's... It's incorporated a two... Because since being drafted, he's incorporated two-seam fastball for a more in-zone utility. That pitch definitely has a lot of run. Curveball's more of a – I don't know if that's an organizational philosophy, but his curveball has taken more of a vertical profile. So it's almost like a 12-6 to 6 shape. Yeah, I'm, His velocity's not quite the same I, as it was Pete, coming out of draft.
1: Uh, Peter Solomon is pitching for the Aces, and I have no idea who that is. Um, and it's, big league it's, uh, it's zero to three right now in the fourth. Uh, Tacoma, was beating. gonna say, they put a Solomon's three, probably they put a three spot in the bottom of the third.
0: I would say, Solomon's probably just bullpen depth, in my opinion. Long man, if they need an extra long man, because that's why he kind of wasn't. Okay, used to. like, yeah. I got uh, he has a handful of big league appearances under his name. Name and they picked him up in the rule five in the second round of the minor league. Yeah, is rule five.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I mean, his name like looked familiar. I wasn't really sure, but yeah, that's he. He was put up two scoreless innings and yeah, three three runs in the uh, he's still pitching. I'm just getting I mean, up with Reno, yeah, you're he's probably giving up on.
0: three runs at a minimum.
1: Well, I think actually, he's it's Tacoma, end up so. giving up probably like six. It's it's uh, bottom of the fourth. Two on, nobody out. And uh okay, he got he got out, so he's got now got a, a strike. So maybe he'll get out of the jam here, but I, I doubt it. He wasn't that's a rough environment. He might not be used to <laughs> Oh it's he's Tacoma, good, like, which well, is a honest. lot.
0: I imagine much closer elevation to Chase Field than uh Reno. I don't uh,
1: like the, the odd thing is the weather in the Pacific Northwest has been like really uh, bizarre, like everywhere else. And where it's been like really cold in Reno, it's been pretty warm in most of the Pacific Northwest. Aside from that, like parts of California have been, you know, I think like basically Northern California through Oregon have had a really like unseasonably warm spring, like at least so far. Um, I don't like, I don't know, like Tacoma, if their weather has been like, you know, Like where they're they're you know lying like the weather right now. I'm
0: checking right now, uh, but I think what Tacoma's just south of
1: Seattle. It looks like. Yeah,
0: I thought Tacoma was
1: more inland, but that's not true. You know, it's it's pretty close to to Seattle. Yeah, it's about an hour drive. It looks like about two
0: hour drive south of Seattle.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what is the weather right now? I see that's that's the thing that actually I really think is the weather is going to make a big influence especially on the Dime Max farm system with what their affiliates are located because um Reno has that fire influenced uh starts where like literally the weather I mean like the air quality has been so bad that they can't play like it's not healthy for them and it's like literally affects the, like visibility like it's like the it's yeah, red f- like, sky's red but everything's red
0: fires obviously I think is what caused it yeah, last year
1: yeah it was pretty much, there was wildfire uh, in Pyramid Lake and, and near Tahoe. So they both, the wind can kind of shift in all the smoke, and it really, with the topography there, it basically just builds up rain right in the area. So I think that can affect the player. But not only like that, but like unseasonally cold, like it is now in some areas, or like it's really, really hot, uh, and it's not indoor stadium. Obviously, like 99% of the time, I don't even know if there is an a, and a minor league stadium with a roof on it. Um, no. So, yeah, there's not. So, yeah, they're going to be playing outside. It's unseasonably warm. That could affect the players, you know, development too. So, I think that's always going like, it's a factor that a lot of fans haven't thought about in terms of like the future of baseball. If, okay, like, that's something they may have to think about is like, is this place livable to play outside in the summer? You know, I'm, I'm baffled that they, you know, have the, the complex league starting up like, in the monsoons and, like, all in the Phoenix area. It's so hot.
0: And then don't forget, some parts of Texas League most of the summer is, like, 100-plus. Not the case in Amarillo, but if you go down to Corpus Christi. Yeah, and... For example, yeah. which is uh, yeah, Houston's double-A like affiliate.
1: Quite a few teams, and... The, I mean, is like, a Texas League, or is it, like, independent of the Southern League? They merge the two, I don't remember. They're independent. There's, like, two, I mean, like okay so um yeah so like there's all the all the teams there are really uh like it's a different it's a different it's it's different from like reno or like even by because it's it's got more humidity and like some i mean yeah some are hot like re like uh el paso is super super dry um very similar to it's like playing it's like playing baseball outside in phoenix in the summer i mean that's really what i think might be an issue even at night if it's if it doesn't cool down enough like that you know it doesn't matter if you have a night game or not it's gonna be too hot to really like be at peak performance is my point
0: i mean you're most of the texas league is right down tornado alley obviously the wind's going to be a factor too amarillo especially
1: yeah Yeah, and or like always always like like you know the random hurricane uh hurricane season starts like usually like I know oh, it, it's uh, yeah. Like at the end of summer, it starts in June. So it's like that going to affect that. Yeah. So yeah, June, there you go. I was thinking more like July, which is like later half of the baseball season, but like still like that, all like, you know, uh, natural disasters, like tornadoes. Like I don't, I don't even think about tornadoes cause I'm, you know, I'm from, I'm from Southern Arizona and I've lived in California and that's it. Except I never really Arizona. had to deal with a tornado in my area other than like twice, I think or like, it's really it's super rare here. They do happen, but they're never. If
0: you're playing in the Cali, you have to worry about fires. It's a little less here because there's less vegetation yeah. in Arizona, but oh. obviously there have been examples of big fires in Arizona.
1: Oh yeah, no, I, like absolutely. I, I mean, I can, I could probably talk about that for an like an hour, Michael. So, um, like what's our, like, we got, we have the rosters for all the minor leagues right now. Um, I think I, all of our predictions. You were, you messaged me earlier and said like all of our predictions from uh, episode two were right. It was pretty much what we thought. So uh, yeah, I don't.
0: There weren't any major surprises with the uh, the uh, assignments with the minor leagues. The biggest surprise, maybe in the top thirty, was someone who made the big league roster. If you ask me,
1: because then uh, yeah, if you I, look at the I bottom of the screen, you can that. see you can see who's who's down there. I'm surprised they started Wilder Patino in uh, in Hillsboro. I'm surprised. I mean, he didn't, didn't have that many in bats. In yeah, that's true. I'm just a little. Yeah, I mean, he could probably use a little more like seasoning, I guess. Now, but um, no, that uh, that was just like the one that I was like, okay, I mean, it makes sense. But initially, I was a little surprised by it. Um, I know there's a few players like uh, uh, Melendez, uh, a lot of like lower level guys are. Not a not surprised where they are then. Uh, oh, I never put Melendez on this tech tick, like,
0: yeah. ticker.
1: Probably uh, in high. I'll yeah, double check. I yeah. I, so I definitely I ignored know. some names. I, thought... I don't think I saw him on uh, any of the rosters. actually. That probably means was he's one on that the, was he's not... or like, I don't or... know. They, they may made... or extended spring training is probably what it is. Um, it, didn't he have, I think I know uh, I didn't see Del Castillo and I know he actually had a hand in the last uh, season, which is probably why he had a terrible, terrible season. Um Well, you don't really, I'm not sure about much. him. Those are the only, the ones that I didn't know.
0: Yeah, I don't see him on Reno's I mean, roster. In fact, the only, pl- there's only a handful of players that have pictures for, uh, in fact, the only Visalia position player to actually have a picture is Drew Jones. I'm not kidding. Now, Drew Jones is the only position player for Vizalia who has a mug shot. Oh,
1: How did this happen? One of the things I wanted to talk. Is, is drew jones and visalia yeah. I don't know. Seuss. okay yeah or, all right. i was having an issue for a minute yeah.
0: turned into a slideshow
1: uh, oh yeah yeah i i i, I have no idea this cut out for me um so drew jones he looks really healthy um just, like that's that's a great that's my euphemism for like he has a fantastic swing and he like it looks like a very big boy with lots of power and uh, he's very quick apparently and has a cannon for an arm which makes me excited so um, and Vesalia is a pretty aggressive uh, like for a guy who's had a like being has been like basically laid off for uh, I mean if you're excluding spring training and like uh, he's basically a layoff of like over a year, basically. We got a pretty small sample um, of that. I'm surprising.
0: You're cutting in and out a little bit. I wasn't sure. I was was mentioning that. We got a sample of that talent this spring. I think we mentioned in the last episode, but Jones, obviously.
1: Yeah, I saw like him to me is if you guys saw any games, I'm, you know, um, the fact, yeah, I mean, he look like the, the, what, from the clips I've seen of him, he looks like a, like this, uh, I can see just from him hitting like this, hitting the cover off the ball that he has like the talent. Like I get what, I get it seeing him in action. Um, he's, he's a very, I'm excited to see what he can do with the full season and healthy. Um, I think like the the like I was saying about the only thing I was saying about Del Del Castillo is like why I I, he's worth watching is just because he's uh, a hand injury like that definitely could uh, affect like his ability to swing the bat and catch and like just do anything really like the things that we drafted him for he struggle with um, especially. I was gonna say he's in Double A now. Yeah. Oh, he's in Double A. Okay. So that's actually to me, that's a good sign that they're putting him like that advance of a promotion yep, just confirmed. to after, after having such a bad season last season, let's be honest. Um, but like the injury makes sense. I don't know why the Diamondbacks didn't know about it. It's like not great that your player is not telling you. Oh, they probably knew. I mean, may not have known. Yeah. Maybe they
0: just fig- figured it'd be better if he just played, they figured it might be better for his development well, to play I, through it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see that. I mean, maybe it helped build character. I mean, to some extent to, and then, to have to, because he's a he's a guy never really. I, I mean, just looking at him before the draft, uh, or like well, right after the draft, rather, he he had no really struggle at any point in his 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 career up until last season. So, um, I'd like to see. I want. I'm curious to see has a rebound. Yeah, he but, felt uh, pretty.
0: He felt pretty hard in his draft year. He was considered a top 15 prospect entering that year, but then put up. Didn't put up the yeah, same and, numbers as a junior, so he fell all the way to the end of the second round.
1: Yeah, I mean there there I know there's questions about the bat and uh, like after yeah, like he said, like that. So yeah. I'm I he might be a bust. I mean, in more likelihood he he could be. I mean it's a little quick to write off a guy, you know. I've i I think it was like Zemborski or Law were saying like they like just like so surprised that he was a complete bust and he was like write him off. You know, it was Keith Law, um, and in in his athletic article, and I don't think it's like you're gonna write off a guy's first season after he like had a broken hand. Like, I don't, I don't think that's really, uh, you know, there's a, there's much higher chance that he like I, I agree with him if he didn't break out that injury. That's really my point. Like, so he's worth watching. Probably is a bus. We'll see. Um, catchers have slower development and adjustments generally than at hitting especially than other positions. I know
0: that if you went into his uh, before his junior year, you would have thought that bat would have been good enough to play elsewhere. If he doesn't catch it, I don't think the bat is as good as it is kind of been exposed a little bit. I would say his uh, draft year and in the year after. Yeah, no, wait, no, that would have been last year, obviously playing through that hand issue, but also I don't think the bat well, I mean, necessarily is going to be good enough for him to be, to have a backup plan. If he isn't a catcher, it's,
1: yeah, I, I don't really see that. Yeah, I agree. I don't see the catcher
0: or bust basically at this point.
1: Basically, Although, I given mean, one that, thing, okay, I like. You finish Michael.
0: I was going to say, given that he's a left-handed hitter and the D-backs top catcher for the next, I don't know, five, six years is going to be a right-handed bat. I would still stick with him just because you could, would be able to sit Moreno a against a right-handed pitcher and bring him in. That's if it works out.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's a good, that's actually a, a, a good way to look at it. I mean, th- what I was going to say, uh, finishing that earlier thought about like his call he's a college catcher. And he, uh, you know, his initial debut season is not like a very large sample size, but pretty much a, lo- a lot of college. Uh, I don't know how far that, that his, the team that he was drafted from went. in in the uh, University of Miami tournament. Yeah, how far did University of Miami go last that year? I have no idea. They're
0: usually in the tournament every year.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. They usually have a good team. So I'm just like, I have no idea, though, like how far they went. Um, But that I think the fatigue from having a losing probably played a part. Like, like I wouldn't – I would not – like pretty much any catcher would like, I would not be surprised that they have a bad debut season after going like the team goes really far in the NCAA, NCAA tournament. So, um, yeah, when we're talking like when that's we're pretty comparing. much the only reason why I'm getting that. So that's why I'm giving him like a little bit of leeway more than most prospects. Um, I mean, not to mention, like they said, like catcher is a little harder position to, to adjust in the minors and things like that. But, um, I don't know, maybe he has a you know, maybe he's healthy and you know, it's really like double like A is really an aggressive promotion if they really have questions about him. Uh, I think that they put him in like Hillsborough. You know? Like that's really that's my that's my cutting out. I
0: don't know, maybe they there there may have been things that went on behind the scenes that showed development. Kinda of like how Ryan Bliss's numbers don't necessarily look great on the surface level, but there was an obvious Sign a progression, for, as the year went on, that uh enable that yeah, earned that promotion. That's something you kind of just had to look at. But I don't. Yeah, see I mean, with, it's uh, the thing is, Bill Castillo, because he finished the year yeah, getting I, demoted.
1: Yeah, that's one thing I was gonna say. That's a, that's the one uh, real counterpoint. to What I'm saying is that he was demoted. Um, Ryan Bliss. I mean, like that's the thing is that there. I mean, all all kinds of things can happen behind the scenes that you're not going to see in the numbers. And like he had swing adjustment, finished pretty well to the end of the season. Um, you know, maybe he's maybe he's a bust too. You know, maybe that's a little like fluky hot streak. Uh, The story, you know, I don't know how how you looked this spring, but I mean, I don't know. Are there any other prospects that you that you're keeping an eye on? To, uh, whether it's, whether this is their bus season, Michael.
0: I was going to say it depends on the how the shortstop. I think with Bliss, it kind of depends on how the shortstop position loads up in the big leagues. I wouldn't write off Perdomo at shorty. He looks. I was going to say his offensive game looks a lot better already. Looks like a lot better. Not, last year was definitely forcing his swing a certain way, and it kind of just broke. This year, I mean, not so much. Rush. Rush broken you know, swing kind of thing pretty much my- for a couple of years.
1: Like he seemed, yeah, really. I think like rushing him to the major leagues uh, really hurt his development and his confidence. And like there's like that. I understand. Like yeah, if you're uh, put on a stage like that, there's all kinds of things that like you can't even like. It gets more the numbers too. Like that that can totally your mental headspace, how you look at the game, your swing how you move him in the field and he's looked great in the, in the two games that I've seen. I have not watched every game. I'm to try to watch more. Definitely <laughs> he looks a, he's definitely great spring. He, he looks better he than makes- he has the, the entire time. I've seen him play a game, like any game.
0: If he can make decent enough contact, if he puts up a decent on base percentage, cause he's not going to hit, I don't think he's going to hit particularly for a high. He's not going to hit a lot of, get a lot of extra base hits. That's just not how he, that's just not his game. So pretty low home yeah. run total yeah. to indicate. But otherwise, the defense, depending on which one you are, but I think his defense will take a jump, obviously. It was something that Wes and I were talking about I mean, before the-, the stream about a catch that Bobby Witt made for the Royals today. It's P- Perdomo is just roughly the same age as Witt, if you think about it. So we wouldn't be surprised if Perdomo yeah, at 23 I mean, or 24
1: think- gets a... Yeah.
0: 23 24 you see a big jump.
1: I think the one thing with with Whit, though that's a that's a bad comparison just because he's a, a a baseball player uh uh you know a hall of fame baseball player's kid. that's western no, uh, his dad's like, wasn't a hall, no hall of fame. But no either that way was he, a journeyman, he, he, he yeah yeah I don't know with the D-backs. He's a journeyman. Yeah, totally opposite. Saying so yeah, he was. You <laughs> I don't know where I mixed him up with uh but you know he grew up around the game and that actually makes a big difference because it's like you're already comfort you know you're comfortable in it when you're like in a like in an MLB stadium if you grew up with it with your dad it's a lot easier to just be at ease like you know in that environment even like you know even like more than you know I know baseball players most of them played you know from like like little kid all the way you know through up to high school college minor leagues whatever their, their developmental path was but like that's a, there's a difference there still when the, when a player uh has grown up with with minor league minor leaguers around them, you know, like one of the things that like Barry Bonds was like a great hitter is you look at his his dad and his godfather and being around the Giants uh and the teams that they play for all the time, like Willie, like that's that yeah. I made a huge difference in his development. There's a lot of like you look at all the the, the stars in the game right now, um. I think one of the reasons why they're stars is because they really actually like, grew up the game. They're comfortable where it's like second, they can actually play the game and know it's just a game because that's how they've always looked at it, you know, from that very that high of a level. It's not – there is a mentality where uh, major leagues will forget. It's just a game. I think the thing that happens to a lot of players actually when they, like, run into troubles, uh, like mentally. Is it's just a game. You don't need to, like you – know, uh, I mean, yeah, it is a job, but you're still playing a game. You're, you're being like paid to play a game, and if you're like, you know, get away from that, you can go completely wrong from there, even if you're doing everything right.
0: I think that I think that applies only when uh, the player's father was a big leaguer himself. In my opinion, obviously, the case of Bonds.
1: Yeah, that's the one thing with. There's a lot of like nephews that didn't work out great, you know, like hey, I, I, I'm like, ra- like Rauman is now. the exception. Like his, ra- ra- uh, he is like his family. Amondesi, I know it was like him and his his brother. I think or one of his cousins. They're they've had like three or four minor leaguers that have like rated high on prospects. There's, like out of out of Belto, we had a we had one of his kids in the the minor league system at one point. Um, Gabby
0: Guerrero. I'm
1: trying to think, there's like a few other like, yeah, Gabby Guerrero. Oh yeah, Vladimir. That's another you know similar example. Gabby Guerrero is a uh, is one of uh, Vladimir Guerrero's nephews. He's he's uh, I mean, like was it? Wait, was it was his dad? Uh, is that the right? I don't know which brother of Vladimir. Vlad Jr.'s like, cousin, Billy Daniel. Yeah. So I know it's like yeah, it's about his dad, minor leaguer or major leaguer.
0: All right. So Vlad Guerrero had a brother named Wilton who played for the Expos, apparently, around the same time as his brother. A... Hmm. Yeah. Vlad's brother was a three two 282 hitter, but not much pop. 11 career home runs are which Vlad Jr. Vlad, Vlad Jr. calls a good month. Yeah. And obviously people are going to bring up the Drew Jones. Drew Jones, I don't think, isn't necessarily the same because his dad's crew was basically over by the time Drew Jones was playing baseball himself. By the way, your mic is either disconnected or it's muted. So yeah, the topic obviously is Drew Jones, and obviously people brought up the uh, Jones's dad being a very good center fielder, but Drew Jones. Andrew Jones played Drew Jones was probably like five years old when his dad played his final game with the White Sox in 2009.
1: Okay. So I was saying is like, even then and the exposure exposure being around large crowds like that, like having playing in front of a really large crowd makes you really nervous. I mean, make it would make me nervous. Uh, I know like there's a mentality where it's like there's a different team playing and, you know, Uh, like smaller venue, like smaller, you know, fields versus, you know, an actual like stadium having everyone watching you. Like, you don't necessarily even think about that as a child. And that, that developmentally, I think it like affects the mentality a player will have versus, you know, a player who wasn't exposed like that, where their family is not made, they're not major leaguers. They didn't, you know, they're no one else in their family like played baseball. I think there's a disadvantage there. Uh, for a player who's like the first person to get into baseball really in their family is really what I'm saying. I think it's like huge advantage over that kind of person or even someone who's like, you know, just people who played in high up to high school in a family. Yeah, I would
0: agree. All things held similarly. All it's held similarly. Obviously you have different yeah, examples.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, baseball is baseball, though. I mean, it's just really just like there's other factors in the game that can affect uh, affect a player's really like I know I don't know like I mean, people come from all all back all backgrounds and succeed. So I mean, you know, there's always exceptions. Uh, Drew Jones Drew Jones is a bad example. You're right, you're really right, is because he yeah. uh, I don't even know I don't think he has a great relationship with his father as far as I know. I his think he's
0: parents like, divorced when he was more, pretty young. If I, I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, so I don't think he's a great example. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Jr. is a similar thing where like, like Vlad was not Vlad Sr. was mm-hmm. not a one. <laughs> uh,
0: well Vlad Sr. But, was playing thousands of miles away. Well, the rest of his family was still living in the Dominican Republic.
1: Yeah, I'm I know he like ju-
0: Well I still think well, yeah the well, whole no, family's in the basement.
1: Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was born in Canada. I I know he was actually born in Canada. So um I think, and it was right before he was traded to there. He yep. signed with the Angels, and uh, yeah, so he was born right before factored into like their relationship, because I know like he was born in Canada. He still had to get a visa to work in the United States. All that that he had visa issues too.
0: Now he signed as a sixteen-year-old. Um, That's I...
1: always a factor if you're like. I would think it would be worked out, but I I know there was something at that time about like visa issues and like the early. Um, the early two thousands. So could have been that is what I'm thinking of. But I know that probably probably played a factor. it go from Canada to the US with your kid. kid the child has uh, Canadian Dominican citizenship. You have Dominican citizenship. I don't think Vladimir Guerrero was a US citizen at the time because he'd been playing in Canada. Um so I think that's probably domestic, like, what it was.
0: The domestic draft you know, does cover Canada.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's Joey Votto. I know, like, yeah, Votto. There's lots we need more Canadian baseball players, like this. It's like such a disservice that there's not baseball in Montreal anymore. I miss the Expos. You
0: well, know, the Expos did themselves sort
1: of. Oh, oh no! Yeah, that and uh, ninety four. Like that's what. Like I really think. I mean, some of his Expos right. fans and it's the venue and like there's. It's a complicated. I think they'll eventually bad they'll see a bad owner back in Montreal, but yeah, but yeah, that's really what it was. Like a really bad owner and not uh city government actually really wasn't that supportive of it, like of, of supporting the expos at the time. Um and you know, the owner did not help the situation. So um yeah, that's my that's I think I don't know if like they're like I think a baseball team could succeed there, but it's been so long that like um, I think they'd really be better off with having a team in like uh, Columbia or even like yeah let's yeah in Vancouver or you know something along that those lines. I, I mean Montreal is pretty big. Um, it's not the biggest market. There's that's a the thing now is there's other markets that are comparable in size and geographically and make more sense to have it. On the, you know, a Canadian team on the West Coast. Um, So,
0: this is there any outside of a hockey team? Is there really that much appetite for a baseball team in Vancouver?
1: I mean, I think that they're, you know, I talking to Canadian baseball fans, I've heard a lot and it's seen a lot that. It's like there could be there. – there is a, a – like if there was a team in the western half of Canada, they would go see the teams. The only thing is a lot of them are already Mariners fans. Mariners would like, you know, of course have – it. like I mean, I don't think necessarily TV rights are going to be an issue like that going forward. Like they protest the TV rights.
0: Plus, I think the team already there but is like I think, a big you know, like, run- affiliate for Toronto.
1: Yeah, I think that's actually in. Oh, yeah, no, that is. Uh, yeah, it's a minor league affiliate. You're right. That's the one that's like they've had issues. That's uh, that's triple a, a, a high A, so it's like the Hillsborough. It's one of the reasons why uh, Jordan Lawler, I know he's unvaccinated and and vaccine, He could not travel. That and he had like that. a crazy month of August, um, yeah, yeah, so. He's being as what? Where's Lawler assigned to? I think he was in uh, Hillsborough. Uh, no, he's being assigned to Amarillo. Or Amarillo. There was no
0: reason to send him back down.
1: Amarillo. That's what. Yeah, that's what. That's what I thought. Um, I wasn't sure like which one I was looking at. Like when I saw that, so I think that's actually like it seems like the Diamond very aggressive in their promotion of uh, of Lawler. is going because that's actually like he he moved uh just like that jumped like three levels last season. Which is very impressive he wasn't really great in Amarillo that's the only place where you'd want to put him anyway so it's
0: probably the first level he was really challenged
1: yeah um he did not his defense needs a lot of work still um I think that that's really that's really the like his bats his bat's way closer to being, to being ready than his defenses oh, it's uh, ready bat wise yeah I think it's
0: pretty close to ready
1: I think that having a place in having a place in Amarillo you know, or, like, even Reno actually helps his development because he doesn't really have to worry about the offensive environment in that case. He can just focus on working on his defense. Um, I don't I don't know, like, necessarily off the top of my head the, the defense around him, which, you know, can kind of play a factor in, uh, you know, working that uh is De La Santos going to be starting at first, or is he going to be DHing, or actually continue to play third? Do you have any idea? I
0: think he's going to split time between both corner positions. I think long term you're okay. probably looking at first, but that's a conversation to have next year. Yeah, I, I he's, don't he's, think he sticks at third based on what I've seen.
1: I, I'd agree with you there. I think he's he's like an emergency option at best at third, and barely that uh, long term. I don't yeah, think I mean, he has
0: bad range. It's just. He moves around pretty deep. He moves around pretty nice for his size. It's just very inconsistent. Yeah,
1: he – yeah, I think that's – he does it, – it, part of his like inconsistency because there's times just where I've seen him hands. and he looks fantastic. He, yeah, he looks fantastic. And it just seems like some of it is not having, like, like, you know, like the like hands. Just who knows? I never it's not having reps in. Some of it could be just he doesn't have the, the best hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, from what I've seen, he was very inconsistent, where he'd be at, like really great games def- like you know, defensively and then have an awful, like, there's just like little stretch. So hopefully, you're, yeah, you'll pro- probably end up in maybe even a DH, in my opinion.
0: I mean, if the bat, uh, the thing with Dale Santos is I'm not worried about his defense because he's going to, if the bat plays, the yeah, bat and, plays. And he's the type of bat yeah, you and, could slot in as an everyday DH kind of thing. If, if that's if the bat develops as, as people look, or projecting it to be, so, uh, because there's always room in a lineup for a guy that hits 250 with 35 home runs and 100 RBIs every year. In fact, he yeah, I mean, in 100 last year, so there's a he had
1: a fantastic he had a fantastic season last. Um, let me he, so uh, I don't know what his exit velocity the Myers are. But I bet the top 20. DP velocity is
0: 11, 117. Let's check it
1: back with Reno. Did I have it open? Somewhere. What is Reno's score? I'm going to check. It's always oh, it's, it's nothing to nine in the bottom of the fifth. My God. Frias is in. Um, yeah, stick a fork in that guy. Yeah, that's. That, that's oh, uh, he hasn't given up any runs yet, so I don't maybe think not. That's, I think they just put him in. Um, yeah. When did, That's the first pull, guy. when did they pull? When did they pull? Austin the Bryce, four on yeah, runs. He, oh, okay. Oof. Yeah. Bear, what Ouch! Happened? That's a bad. Um, we well, let both in. He let both run. Like he, I.
0: Uh, let runs two inherited
1: runners scores. So Solomon start is not as bad as it looks because uh, it looks like I. Uh, Bryce is the one who really had the bad outing. Frias has been solid in the uh, two-thirds of an inning. Um, But a six-run inning in the fourth, that's uh, not not promising. Um,
0: Uh, So there was a pass ball that led to a run. And then a throwing error. Okay, so yeah, fourth inning, there was a hit batter that forced him to run and then a pass ball. Throwing error. And in a home run.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. That's, and then, oh, yeah, that's not a great, uh, great inning. first three runs came on a home run. Dominic Marigli, uh Moroglio is, he's not the best uh, defensively. That's always been the question his defense as a catcher. Um, so he said – of Jose Herrera, bat, two, two for bat. three today. Yeah. Did he draw a walk? I think so. Um yeah, oh, two had hits a whole... an RBI. He had a good he you know, a lot of people have knocked uh Herrera for his bat and be... like have like really overreacted in terms of like oh he's terrible and I agree guys, that is not great. It's not it's he's not in there great. for the bat. Uh but he's not in there for the bat. Um I'd like to see Moreno in there more. Uh I
0: mean Moreno started than... four a six, that's
1: a lot. Yeah. That's the thing is, I just maybe it's just okay. So I think it's just selection bias because both, <laughs> both games I've watched have been uh Jose Herrera, so uh, in the lineup, so that's just, that's on me.
0: you well, uh, Jose, he, yeah. So that's uh, maybe
1: he's if, maybe that's part of the difference is, is that the game calling in the bullpen, I don't know if that's a factor. Uh, who's been in the, the game late in the. The four. Yeah, nobody's that.
0: The catchers haven't been subbed out.
1: Okay, so um in any of these games, maybe that's a, maybe there is a factor in Moreno's game calling that uh, is not the best. But then again, we're dealing with pitch com, So who's to say not it's gonna... not the pitch? Is the pitchers being like, "Well, Gabe, uh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do. I'll tell you what I'm throwing. I mean, I'm sure there's at least one D backs pitcher who's like decided that's what they're gonna do.
0: I mean Moreno's not throwing changeups down the middle. The Trace yeah, Thompson. Yeah, that's,
1: yeah. yeah, Trace Trace Thompson, that's a guy that uh D backs fans have over um four or two years. I'm gonna
0: say <laughs> like, I'm gonna uh, say this is
1: um, so cutting in and out again. Fiber action. Right. Oh, I'm saying uh, it's an over he played four games. Trace Thompson with the Diamondbacks over two seasons. That's uh, like lots of other guys gave up on him. The Dodgers already had given up on him like multiple times uh, and released him. Yeah, That one year he passed around. Sure they liked four him, but like it, yeah, yeah, he was passed around uh, the whole table. So there's no, there's not. We aren't the only ones who like didn't hold on, let him go. So. Those teams that, if he seizes a player, and uh, I don't even remember him. I remember him I was like, "Oh, Trey, that sounds familiar," but I didn't remember anything Played about Thompson's him. Brother. So, to me, that okay, um, like, Ohio, a, I've ranked him as a prospect. If he like, like, was in the, the D back system you look at uh that's my question because that's the thing if you're like if you're overreacting about trace thompson um like like what are you basing on i don't think he's on anyone's radar
0: if you look at thompson i mean basically um yeah, i'm going to look yeah. it up so for the most part he was a solid player last year, but I think he's a he's a role guy. The Dodgers have obviously found a good role for him. Last year, yeah, but he is the type of guy that if he gets hot, he can put up some num- he can put up some numbers. But he's very inconsistent. Like I said, been, there's a long run of bad streaks. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's some there's just some players that are very like as we all know Justin Upton was a very uh, hot old uh, yeah, I mean Upton and, was like, you know yeah. obviously I don't think he's as good as Justin Upton even, but um, it's it's not like that. I mean it's like this is like a role player, a guy who is probably going to be at some point going forward back in the minor leagues because there's better players than him. Like that's just what that way it works, and unless he's like this is like a new breakout for him. And he's reached to like a new ceiling of his potential. Um, I don't, I don't think it's anything to be upset over there. We have, t- I mean, who would you play with, Like play him on the field over, like, who are you going to put in the field? Where are you going to put him? The We're D-backs. talking
0: 2020. I mean you're yeah, looking at no, right now, now back then we, like, of. I mean, Starling Martin center. You had, had cool Calhoun. in right Back then. Not taking those two out. And who's an in Pralton in left field. Although theoretically you could have put Thompson oh, as the okay. fourth oh, okay. because your corner guys were you got left-handed, you got a point there. but he didn't. But he
1: didn't. let think yeah, about it this way: in the spring training, true. he didn't
0: do enough to make the club. There, we're for talking twenty-one. But that's yeah. it was going to be difficult to make the team in twenty twenty. Yeah, 2020
1: that's the thing. Is he was? I mean, and who wasn't screwed over by by COVID? So. He like, that's a big part of it is I, uh, I know he had an injury. I think he was coming back from an injury and then there was COVID. So um, like we've stashed him. We tried to, that's the thing. Can... So I think we held onto him the longest of all the other teams that had him besides the Dodgers. Pretty sure he might've spent the most time on a D-backs roster than any other of the other teams.
0: That's because probably most minor league free agents stayed in the same spot in 2021 because they didn't have a season. Yeah. I don't think Thompson was on the 60 man roster in 2020.
1: I mean, he wasn't, I don't, I don't even, yeah. Like I said, I barely, I barely remember him like even being on it. I was like, Oh, who's that guy? I think he had, he had a couple of had like the four games he was decent. If I remember correctly, but um, not, not anything to remember. He had
0: three homers that spring, but then there was a lot of strikeouts in between Small those.
1: Okay, so he's Thompson be a making the roster was a legitimate you know, bait
0: that year, if I remember correctly, because he hit so many home runs that spring. But it was a lot of strikeouts in between those home runs.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, well, we've got, there's lots of examples of like that. What's, there's There's like two guys named Chris Carter that were like that. <laughs> I think might yeah. be, there's
0: maybe three actually. One of them was a diamond back for the amount of time and it takes for an hourglass to empty.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, so he, I'm going to look up. Uh, you know,
0: Okay. So Trace Thompson, 2021 spring training was 10 for 61, 164 batting average, 215 on base percentage. 344 slugging percentage, so that's a 559 OPS and 61 at bats. Three home runs. Two stolen bases. Yeah. 25 strikeouts, four walks. Previous spring before they shut okay, it down, hard, I think he actually hard, had a shot like, to make the roster. Because, uh. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I remember it was spring, 346. Or-
0: Yeah, 346, 452, 923 in the spring with four home runs.
1: So if he succeeds, you can just blame COVID as why the Diamondbacks, like pretty much why he didn't make it onto the, you know, make it with the Diamondbacks. That's just, you know, weird twist of fate, I guess. He ends up on the Dodgers, just (laughs) like David and uh, whoever else is. I think uh, there's another former Diamondback on on the Dodgers. I forgot. Um, can't I'm drawing a blank, Michael? Um,
0: I blacked out that series because I was so upset about that opening day game where I mentioned it feels like the teams being. Pu- oh, Shelby Miller,
1: Shelby Miller. Yeah, okay. So yeah, they're collecting the the Dodgers are collecting former Diamondbacks right now that, are that all make us make us all feel very uncomfortable yeah. for different reasons. Exactly. <laughs>
0: They can take them and not and uh, actually I don't know. Like I said nobody's really separated. Yeah, they it's can have they week. can the Dimex have Shelby. have hung in there. The have hung in there against oh, the Dodgers yeah, no, and the
1: Padres. That's a good little seg towards the next little thing to talk about is is that like you know the Dynamax actually have held back. They've held in there. Um, they've looked bad in the in the losses. Like like I'll be on looking through those I mean, box two scores, really I mean, bad losses. Those, and all, they're all they're they're, safe. They're, yeah, yeah. So, um, they're bad for different reasons. The blown save, like I, I, like I, like just kind of just just pulled it up on game day, and then uh, stopped paying attention for a bit. Came back to it, and I'm like, oh my god, I thought that would have held on to, like held on, but it didn't. So, um, yeah, the other so. two games were were just the Diamondbacks getting uh, just owned and. Uh, many different ways
0: <laughs> yeah here's a weird stat against left-handed pitchers they're 0 3 left-handed starting pitchers 0 and 3 against right hand starting pitchers 3 and 0
1: yeah that's uh that's I just that weird a lot of
0: coincidence
1: a weird weird coincidence sure i hope it's not are 2 and 0 when jay
0: jameson pitches
1: hey they're 2 and 0 when i watch games okay so you know maybe i'm the good luck charm um Probably just confirmation and observation bias, um, but yeah, no. The Diamondbacks have looked like pretty good in the games I've watched. I, I was like, Corbin Carroll definitely lives up to the hype. Um, yeah. Fat fastest, you know. He's he like there. Every convert, every comp we go into, it sounds like hyperbole. Yeah,
0: it's h- kind of difficult to find someone with Carroll's tool set with that stature kind of thing historically it's just difficult
1: he's got i jose reyes like
0: would...
1: mentioned jose yeah reyes, jose reyes was the was closest. yeah um i kind of i thought of some like other comps that are not really great but like they kind of rem- like and like they're they're all missing like so, like, just like they're missing a piece, you know. Like, you'll find, like, okay, Billy Hamilton had 150 stolen base minor league season, okay? but he first, could not get on base. yeah. What
0: I said, you couldn't, yeah. I'm looking at, yeah, yeah he if, couldn't get, some of the cuts, yeah, he it, couldn't,
1: if, he could on base, that's the biggest thing. And uh, he's more Vince Coleman than he is, uh, Rick, you know, Ricky Henderson. Uh, I think it was Ricky and uh, Ricky, Ricky Henderson. Had a surprising so amount small. of power. He, he's, hmm. he, he was not a small guy, I don't think.
0: Henderson's listed at 180, so... But it's definitely okay. difficult to throw the so, Ricky yeah. Henderson comp out there, because... Like, he's staying think That's the really I, thing. I, say, I actually think the worst part of Ricky Henderson's game was the stolen bases. That's the crazy oh, thing. Oh, yeah, That's the no, cra- I... Like, he's known for stealing bases, but that's literally, like, the worst part of his game.
1: Oh, no, he was a little too aggressive at certain points. It's like, you know, he could have comfortably just stuck to, like, the the 60. Like, you know, yeah, Ricky would have 60 at the break. Okay, yeah, but he also would be caught stealing 20 times at least. So, he's actually, like, right below the threshold of, of... I mean, he was not subtractive to his uh what he offered. I think all like, you look at his war season, like Rick, Ricky put up great defense, uh great hitting. And, and he was more than just the, the he was, he was more than stealing bases. Okay. Like people don't like, like out, like younger than me, basically don't understand. I caught him at the tail end of his career. Like literally the, the last one. I, in... I he uh...
0: led the league in walks four times. Yeah, everyone knowing you walk him, you're giving yeah, up second Ricky, base, too.
1: Yeah, maybe third and then eventually home until Ricky run, Okay, and that's what that's literally what we saw happen. Um, you know, and that in the game where like the, the two oh, the two one was that the, the final score of the game?
0: Which I, two one win are we I talking forget. about from this um, season? But like
1: the, the one the or the, the the one that I watched <laughs> with the uh, okay, so Sunday's game, Monday, something like that. Yeah, so when I was, I was talking oh. about yeah, Yeah. Sunday. Yeah,
0: actually has so going back to that topic. Role, like, um, yeah, Anderson actually has four seasons of twenty plus home runs, so he had some pop. This is not we're talking the nineties. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, he has a surprisingly of home like power. Yeah, for like, and he didn't. Ricky was not doing steroids. I really don't think he actually is. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I think that he wasn't, you know, he didn't bulk up that much. Um, I actually, age great. But uh, I think that's not really like that's like prime Ricky. He aged very great. I mean, man, he probably could steal 60 bases in a season right now. I mean, he stole <laughs> he was, like, 66 secular, bases like, at the 39. Athletic, he was like, oh, Ricky, Ricky. Yeah, yeah that's that the thing. Is, is Ricky even, like, yeah, and that's the thing. He's the only comparable I can find who has that, that level of speed and on-base percentage that Ricky Anderson have. And, like, you can see with Syndergaard, like, he was making him uncomfortable. Well, Syndergaard like can't needs- hold on runners for his life to on steal it. it. Like, like he coming, he and you never, I have not, well, I know that's probably why he was really nervous, and you could see that it was <laughs> affecting him. And he's like, "Oh, well, I'm not going to be able to throw this guy out. I that's messed up." That's probably like really, Smith I think that actually affected that run and that inning because I, yeah,
0: all three Carroll stolen bases. The ball never left Will Smith's hand. Will Smith in his well, hands. Yeah, Will Smith. No, yeah, that's the one weakness in Will Smith's game. he's, he's got a new, he doesn't have a great arm, and he's transfer's kind of slow. Actually, let me look up pop time.
1: Yeah, he doesn't. He did not stand a chance. I think even if he threw, uh, if he threw a, either of those uh, stolen bases, they would have either gone the to first center one he or, the you know, one he, ate he would it. have been saved anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think most, like even the pitchers are going to be able to throw out Carol. I mean, he's he's almost there's a certain point where it's like it's impossible from what I understand. Um, though the enlarged bases are really like it's obvious, like it helps. I certainly, uh, teams seem more willing to To send the guy now. I like they're encouraging it. Um, who knows? He may start put up some, st- he might put up some way more stolen bases than you think. If he's I think Aiden are going to have a competition? McCarthy are going to have a friendly
0: competition. Three versus two. They're running count this year.
1: Yeah, that's, oh, I absolutely, I would love it. I really want to see both of them. Like, really, because they're both like we talked about before, like they're like very top, per, like high tier percentile. I mean, we all know Cor- Carol's Carroll's like and the best the stole player base today, but yeah, so it sounds like there's a little bit of a, a challenge, but I'd love to see it that if they were like regularly going where uh, every opposing pitcher knows is if you give, give a, like either one, any of these guys get on base, they're gonna steal the base, and you're gonna have to worry about that. They may not necessarily do it that you know, that moment. But they will eventually go, and you're gonna have to, you know, predict when they do it because it's the rules make it uh, much harder to catch a guy stealing, especially as a pitcher. Don't overlook like, Perdomo as a was, stolen like, base get, threat either. Yeah, Perdomo is uh so, like he's a fantastic base runner. Really, the it's like there's a couple players I' like you know, yeah, I I love him as a, a prospect because I I was a little. little Surprised that he had the uh the struggles he did, although that's like, I mean, it's not surprising mean, just for him that he had, and not necessarily that like any player would have uh you know be like they go through that. But he's a very intellectual guy who really like you know he studies the game, uh, yeah, it was
0: preeminent. So even that, he was yeah, certainly, he certainly
1: he has the, the 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 tool, yeah, he's very advanced. Um, he, he looks at the oh I was like he's not necessarily he uh good discernment on when to go and when to run and like
0: I mean that bunny jump down was amazing. Yeah. 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 Here, good. So he had a critical bunt in today's game, tied the game. Nathan. Let's
1: check y'all in on that.
0: And then Carpenter fell down trying to field it. Got a turf sandwich. Yeah. And then, like two pitches later, he sw- Perdomo swiped second. You need to check to see if they gave Perdomo an RBI for that. Well, I, think, I think they did credit them with Sacrifice Spun, so it would have to be an RBI. Yeah, it was like two of the three games where D-backs bunted okay. in a critical run kind of thing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, the, I, that's the one thing I actually totally had not thought about uh, before the season started uh, is that it, this would encourage the bunt. Well, just having that little bit of extra bait with the rules. It's, uh, and, and obviously, like extreme shifting has been banned like you can't like bring in guys that much as much as they used to um
0: string shifting encouraged bunts for free hits but obviously now the margin of error isn't as
1: big well yeah i mean the third yeah that's the point So like bunts like the thing is unfortunate, uh if you bunt and like you know, it's like a bunt pop out is actually pretty it's pretty easy to get like a bunt pop out. It's much it's much harder to bunt than you think it is, you know? Um Very especially guys throwing like a hundred miles per hour now. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts to hold a bat when you're like throwing. Yeah, if McCarthy if someone, somehow like, managed to at you.
0: Successfully bunt a hundred mile or fastball at chin high against the Dodgers. Isn't that crazy? That was a chin high fastball. McCarthy's
1: uh, like just battles. That's underrated. That's an underrated skill, being able to do that.
0: I think Perdomo could do it too.
1: Uh, so well, like, easier yeah, oh, like, pitch really, bunt. There's really not. There's really not a lot of uh, like topics to talk about just because it's early, early in the uh the season. There's only We're Reno through. playing. Um. To uh, that game's flying by. It is the, f- going into the seventh now.
0: Trying to find, I'm trying to find the bunt highlight. It's like Walker makes like defensive play. It's like, which one?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's okay. the thing. It's it's uh. I don't know. I like the rule changes. It still moves a little quick for my taste. That's really the only thing that I... Yeah,
0: we're still figuring it out, out. obviously. Machado thought he could pull a fast one on the ump today.
1: Oh, I I love that. Like, I literally, like, I laughed laughed out loud for, like, a good minute or two after seeing that ejection of just him calling him a douchebag and then immediately getting thrown out. (laughs) Like, it's just... uh, that's an eight. That's that's an that's a, that's a, almost an S tier uh, ejection right there.
0: Yeah, Ron Culpa is known for having a quick trigger, but yeah, quick trigger, yeah. But no, I think it's it was... like
1: yeah, you're gonna call you're gonna call Ron Culpa, and, like you're gonna get tossed. That's pretty. It, it seems pretty obvious to you're me. you just stare at him
0: funny, and he'll toss you. In fact, probably if he heard this broadcast, I'd be ejected yeah. the next game. <laughs>
1: Oh, Sorry, Mike, you can't
0: cover Friday's game. Yeah, You've
1: been ejected no, by I mean, I, umpire I mean, <laughs> I love Ron Culpa. I think he's a wonder person, and I know you do too, Michael. And he, he you know,
0: he's a lot.
1: You because you love him so much. <laughs>
0: he's, he's probably as arrogant. CB Buckner and there are, some, um- and there and there are, is, are some umpires who look up people. He's actually a pretty decent umpire. Yeah,
1: he's not a terrible umpire. From- that's why nobody he's, remembers he's not, him. He's not bad at all. I just know he's like, he's he's quick to eject players. This is the only thing notable about him is if, like, if you talk and like, if you point at him, you use language that's bad or, or swear at him, okay? Like if, he, if you say like, oh, there's a difference between you, like, fuck, okay, you strike out and saying like, oh, well, you know, swearing uh, at the umpire and saying like, you, Adam, he will toss you.
0: Yeah, if you say like, F you don't that umpire, that's not, a, toss- that's not a magic I objection.
1: understand like. And sometimes, you know, like if you're like, I mean, it really like questioning some players, um, like some umpires judgment and like their pitch calling is really like, it depends if you keep it up, you know, it's enough to, you know, if you start, if you just start chirping about it, especially now, it's like, you know, who's got, you're gonna, you're gonna, like as a hitter, like no one's got time for that right now.
0: Yeah, I think there was one moment in today's game where he was, Having can an he, argument with the Dynamax dugout.
1: Them.
0: No one was ejected for it, by the way. And of course, there was that infamous moment yeah, where. Yeah, no,
1: he's a reasonable guy. I just
0: told AJ Hinch I can do whatever I want.
1: <laughs> that's why. Love, that's why I love him. He's great. That's enough. Like, yeah. he's not. A, he's on a power time, Not at all.
0: And he not also actually the enforced trip. the ball um, on a quick
1: pass. I just think it's. I think it's. I think it's funny. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I love that. That I, I just love that. Like that, they're trying to pull it on it. Like that's literally the point of the pitch clock. Is like, no, you can't do that. You, there's no way out of this. this isn't you aren't David Ortiz. You can't buy your way out of the final. You know, yeah, Machado tried to call the phone, timeout
0: with eight. Yeah, child tried to call timeout when the clock hit eight.
1: Yeah, you can do. It. I said, tw- yeah, and that's why I texted one you second too late.
0: You gotta do it at nine.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. I really think that's that's a big factor of it. He was trying to pull fast one on him. He's like, "Oh, we would call right." Just to, and that's like, pitchers are really now getting their timing, uh, with the that eight, eight seconds because it's a consistent, like eight seconds rate pitch. It's really, the only thing you gotta keep in mind, uh, you know, as soon as they, you know I'm saying it's it's much less on oh. the pitcher instead of the, the hitter, and it's only the mindset.
0: Yeah, there are also some pitchers trying to circumvent the timeout rule as well. That's what he, that's what Culpa was talking to the dug dugout for. It was because Chris Matt quick-pitched Thomas. No, it was Herrera. Oh, he quick-pitched yeah. Herrera. And it seemed to mess oh, him okay, up for a little yeah. bit because
1: C- Herrera, Oh, yeah,
0: that was the walk.
1: Yeah.
0: It was in the sixth run. Sixth yeah. inning, I think. It was sixth yeah. inning. So, yeah, after the pitch, which the umpire called a strike, and D-backs complained yeah, I, about a quick pitch called for a ball. That's not okay.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I love that. That's not that's not great, but I mean, it's still early to see a lot more of that uh, as the season goes on. I mean, they're still trying to take advantage of it. I would really like to see a challenge on balls and strikes, uh, like they have in the minors, where it's like a limited and an instant, like it's instant check. Um, yeah, and that's I was that's impressed actually possible. with how how quickly it works. Yeah, there's no reason why we can't have an instant replay and you get a limited number of them. And, like, in the that's, fall league. like I forget 100. the exact, like, yeah, I, I forget the exact way, like, the number of challenges and all that. I think it's yeah, like three. three and, like, you lose them if you, and you lose them if you unsuccessfully challenge something, which is I really like that part of the rule. Except if it's like, okay, uh, a team should not be penalized because uh, they keep getting bad calls. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's why I love about it. You don't have, you don't necessarily have that. Like you can still use it strategically. But you don't have an unlimited number of them, um, and you you better be right. And that's that's pretty much the thing. Uh, and I love that. Like there's no reason why we can't implement it in the major leagues next season. Um, and I hope to see it. I hope you know. I I don't know how on board the the players' union is going to be. With I don't that. I would think we would for.
0: I don't think that'll be an issue with the players. I think it's more. The question is the umpire union. Yeah, they get by them. Ship. So if you do that, you have to. Uh, that's uh, how negotiation works.
1: Is. Uh,
0: Although yeah, we I could just say. Yeah, let's just do it now. Implementing a
1: full automatic ball, ball and strike system. I mean, they could do that. They could literally just implement They've already uh, done automatic before. balls and strikes. I think it already DNA. exists in the miners. You know, call in a bunch of scabs and place it with like, yeah, it already exists. That system, I uh, know the miners they interact with with, uh, you know, the umpire, the umpire the DNA DNA belt. Um. Yeah, that like no, they just use the same system where you have like, you know, I. Uh, like really, like it's, a, it's There's less. There's less. I mean, you don't need the umpires there to call ball still have umpires to call play you know um, play uh defensive plays things like that you know i uh, where you need it like you're still going to need a, a human there to monitor the balls and strike and make sure that they're you know actually accurate because you know it does malfunction i've seen a malfunctioning uh like I i've have seen like there, i, have to, like there, I have seen clip that yeah so I don't. I could see that. I don't think they're talking about putting in automatic balls and strikes uh, in the near future. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I could certainly see. Like I would really like to see that.
0: So yeah, the average so umpire is going to get the like call correctly. in the rules. So if you're wondering, the average umpire is going to get the call correct on balls and strikes ninety four percent of the time. So yeah. if we go an average game is probably like three hundred pitches. Maybe a little bit less. So let's just use the 3-900 because yeah. it's an easy conversion. That is only... That's 18 thats only 18 missed calls in a game for an average umpire. For the most part, so... Yeah, usually fine. you'll see I'm, the challenges on swing counts when or strike
1: three. Playoffs. So it, it's like... Yeah. And then that. Uh, I know that's the minor leagues this season, uh, so probably in the future for that. But I like it as a rule. It's the one rule that I think that uh, I think most fans like. Honestly, um, it's the one rule I was surprised they didn't implement. It's like maybe playoffs. I'd like to see that.
0: Yeah, if yeah, so I was, if I didn't have to be careful about why I tweeted, I would actually have done that for the Valley, for the D backs broadcast today. Be the ability to challenge balls and strikes—we have the technology and the the ability to make it happen seem and with as minimal disruption to the game. Yeah. Guess, uh,
1: the umpires are getting much better at calling
0: balls and strikes. Not
1: I'd, I really, just, well, yeah, because it's being like you have a report card every day put out on Twitter and social media.
0: Not so, affiliated with
1: I the movie. Uh, you know it gets magnified when a player yeah well no i know but someone does that and i i know they have different because they have a different thing than uh mlb does have their own report cards but i like i think that the seeing that like i mean like it's really you can see on social media when uh an umpire has a bad game like it's even more magnified because they're like oh hey yeah this is the umpire that is the worst and usually it's angel hernandez uh,
0: Hernandez isn't even the worst strike caller. Just, his bad calls are very bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's really the thing uh, is he he makes terrible like calls and other things. His ball he actually calls a decent like you know as far as
0: I'm uh, he's below average. Who but was not it
1: like that? I think it was a like Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Bruce terrible. Fremmer or uh, C, Dreckman? Seb Buckner, B. Buckner. couldn't think of his name.
0: C.B. Buckner is definitely the worst umpire. In terms yeah. of both arrogance and strike calling, I think Doug Eddings was pretty.
1: Yeah, good as Bruce well. Fremer—that's who I was thinking of. I, but he's retired. He's, he, he's retired now. Yeah. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, yeah, I don't know if he he had some games, but he had some good games. You know, I've seen seen him call too, like no controversy at all.
0: Oh, we've had. Five games under 90% this year if we're talking about umpires. I don't know what the actual average is. Um, There's 29 entries under 94%. I would has 65.
1: Would be. Uh, 29
0: out of 65 are under 94%. And obviously umpires yeah, are going to have
1: that's a, that's a bad game. Yeah, the DIMAC is definitely a statistical outlier. Yeah, so we've seen a fifth of all the bad called games called with the on diamond. Undiam- so that's literally only from basically I'm, I'm hearing you say the Diamondbacks have had only one good game called by umpires and the rest have been terrible. And maybe that's a factor.
0: The Best umpire. This is actually pretty easy to navigate site. So we'll give our, Obviously, these numbers aren't necessarily great. We'll give our shout-outs to uh, John Tumpayne, who actually did umpire one of the Diamondbacks games. He's number one at 98.5. So the D-backs were treated to the best umpire performance of the year. Unfortunately, Madison Bumgarner was the pitcher.
1: So that doesn't really count. Still, like basically, Max haven't had great uh, umpiring uh, the last, you know, basically the, so far. And uh, hopefully, that involves improves. Not, time. it's not like they're gonna have terrible umpiring their season unless there's a, you know, a conspiracy against them, which would be totally crazy.
0: No, there's no conspiracy.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I agree. There's no conspiracy. I mean, the only the only time I think umpiring now is like it could with all the bet adjacent uh, like sports gambling going on now these days is it makes me uncomfortable when eventually a an umpire throws a game to make bets on you know DraftKings or whatever because a lot of them like I mean they have like micro like micro transactions.
0: Mark Carlson obviously has the worst performance for the D-backs uh, wait,
1: no. so I couldn't like, like the game in the future Actually,
0: let me double check I should check the box score to know who yesterday's umpire was oh Blakey was Sunday umpire Oh, well, we're getting, we're going down a rabbit
1: hole. Okay. Yeah, I'm I was going to really... say we probably should, like, wrap this, I'll wrap this up. If there's any, like, last other or at least last topics you out. want to talk about, like, that we haven't covered. Usually we'd have more to talk about. Just, like, you know, there's four, four games going. There's only one game going right now. And it's, it's a blowout in Reno or in Tacoma. So um, that's yeah, basically, would... like, the main news. <laughs> There's not yeah, much going on. Obviously. Oh, they sc- they scored two runs. Um, Who's they? Uh, Reno. Who does how they score? Oh, Fletcher hit a triple with uh, yeah, a two I uh, two RBI triple is how they scored. So yeah, he tripled in a pair of runs in the uh, top of the top of the seventh. But it's the bottom of the seventh, and it looks like they're gonna give it more runs. So. That game's probably not gonna. What's the be, PC? You know, well,
0: actually, if it was Reno, you could never say it, it's over.
1: Yeah, if it was Reno or Vegas or some of the other, you know, El Paso, uh, I would I would say there's a possibility. But at this point, it's the seventh. I don't see Reno putting up. uh Oh, and yeah, I don't I don't see them putting up another eight runs in the next two innings. Like I'll oh, just be honest. So. um I think that's basically it. We'll be back next week uh, on Monday.
0: Yeah, we'll Hopefully get to see we'll, then, you know. You know what we didn't do? We didn't talk about, we should have talked about Walston. You want to talk about something. Although there's not much. Um, I, say, I mean, three and two thirds, 74 pitches, fastball, velocity losses are dropping 50 pitches in or so.
1: Oh, well, that's. That's not. That's just great. a conditioning thing. Um, it's one. It's one game, yeah, and that sounds like a conditioning thing. Uh, it really. It kind of felt like, a, like a lot of players are been behind, and they're like conditioning this this year. Um, I think a lot of players are more focused on the rule changes than necessarily, yeah. like their think, conditioning yeah, be- per se, and I think it's like that's a distraction we're seeing.
0: Or it's like I said, it's more physically taxing. I think. That they have to pick up the pace. Some yeah. pitchers have to pick up the pace. Some there are some pitchers that probably actually are like, Well, that's a, okay, that's fine. I do nothing different,
1: yeah. Yeah, No. Yeah, there's some players are like, Well, I guess I'm a relief pitcher now. <laughs> uh, that's what we might see is some players it's really going to see a, a conditioning because, yeah, it, you have to hold your focus and your attention the whole time as a pitcher more than any other player other than the catcher. Uh, okay. like it's even more of a thing now or like you know it is is very physically taxing throwing really hard uh and focusing even just focusing can be physically like physically taxing and like having to do this every 20 seconds um uh, that sounds yeah you know, that's what i think it is it's conditioning 15, 20, 20. i wouldn't worry about walson yeah.
0: well i mean walson's already used to the pitch clock he's been doing it since pretty much the day he signed that contract he signed his uh
1: yeah draft
0: contract uh,
1: but it is not even necessarily Anything with that. I mean, it's more having to like have everyone else work on that too at the same time. Like you have never never had any experience with it. And there's like way more, dist- way more distractions than there ever would be. Like where like you know the violations, everything going on. That's what I think out it. Yeah. But it's more than likely just conditioning, like you said, and like he needs to work on his stamina, or he might just end up being a really pitcher.
0: Well, I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident saying Wall will end up as a starter. Like, even if his fastball doesn't yeah. jump up by per se, but is it's gonna be hard to evaluate his breaking balls because it's Rena because he's gonna be pitching in, in some ele- high elevation parks most of the year. We'll get a better idea once he's actually yeah. up here.
1: Although yeah, that's the starting rotations like obviously I, in I, flux. It's small sample size, you know. Like that's pretty much. Uh, biggest thing i really i'm i, mean, I got to go use the restroom now so i'm going to like, you now, so, um yeah. wrap it up dude um
0: yeah let's wrap it up
1: like i i'm i think we pretty much like covered everything mm-hmm. that we want to more to talk about next week um i'm excited and we're gonna be on a and have uh, will have some you know, features that we can look at uh, going forward and, like, regular, like, you know, segments and that, that sort of thing. It's a little better structured next time.
0: Yeah. It was, um, yeah and, by the way, if you want to catch, uh, stay up to date with some of the Diamondbacks in the minor leagues, make sure to check out Inside the Diamondbacks at si.com slash MLB slash Diamondbacks. we be doing a minor report every Tuesday through Sunday when the teams play You're up to date on prospects, 40 man roster guys. And anyone had a notable performance that had, that could be in the big leagues this year or just prospect.
1: So you'll definitely want to check those out. Yeah. I'll be doing a minor league round. Yeah, absolutely. Michael does fantastic work. I'll be doing uh, a weekly minor league, like roundup at AZ snake pit uh, going forward. Uh, there's really like, a, I don't really have anything interesting to to write about with like nothing happening, but, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'll be having some, uh, written articles coming out soon. Uh, hopefully some interviews, uh, here and other places. Uh, so it's, it's the future's bright for the Diamondbacks and hopefully for the channel and both of what we're doing.
0: All right. Thanks everyone for watching. Make sure to hit that subscribe button, leave a like on the video. Which I should have said an hour and a half ago. But it is what it is. Anyway, have a good rest like of the week. We'll be back We'll be back on Monday to talk about the opening day open opening day for the uh D back's other three full season affiliates. In addition to how Reno's going.